welcome to the Way to Japan podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Villalobos, and I'm on a mission to explore the art of Japanese living to be found right here in the UK. I'll be talking with Japan inspired creatives, entrepreneurs, and business people about what they do, why they do it. And what we can learn from their unique way to Japan. I love uncovering those small but significant details and really practical tips to help get us closer to Japan in our daily lives. So, if you, like me, are one of those people with a Japan shaped hole in your heart, tune in and capture your own. Little piece of Japan joy today. So, I am thrilled to be speaking with Beth Kempton today, who is a Japanologist, a mother, and author of inspiring self help books, which have been translated into more than 25 languages and have become like old friends to me. Personally. So um, she's got a fifth book, The Way of the Fearless Writer, which will be out in early October. And um, I've just been really enjoying revisiting Beth's books. She's a mentor to me and thousands of others around the world. And I have to say that the spaces that you hold within your books and courses for your community to create a life of intentionality cannot be overestimated. So thank you, Beth, for your generous work and welcome to the Way to Japan podcast. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you, Vanessa. What a joy to be here with you <laughs> and talk about Japan. I think you're someone who loves everything Japanese as much as I do. I think, and yes. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. So I thought we could begin with your best selling book, Wabi Sabi. And I just saw on your Instagram that with 200,000 sold, that's one sold every five minutes for the past five years. That is extraordinary. <laughs> so could you speak on what Wabi Sabi means to you? I realize you've written an entire book about it, but how has it changed um, in this post pandemic world? And how has your understanding of it evolved since you wrote the book? Goodness me. I mean, the success of, of Wabi Sabi has completely um blown my mind and I, I do absolutely do not take all the credit for it it's a very beautiful book aesthetically um publisher did a gorgeous job with it um and also the timing was incredible um timing is a lot when it comes to publishing books and I had the idea of doing a book like Wabi Sabi for a really long time mm -hmm. um, and just the the universe seems to guide us in certain directions at certain times and just as um that book came out wabi sabi that the word wabi sabi was named a global design trend which wow. if, if you've read my book you will understand yes. it's really quite odd mm. um it's just how the west has come to use the term um but that obviously helps immensely because people are interested in it looking for it and then they find a book all about it but i hope mm. that mm. the book has um done for them what um lots of Japanese people did for me in the writing of it which was um steer me towards a much deeper understanding of a term which doesn't 
exist in the Japanese dictionary, but absolutely exists in the heart and minds of, of Japanese yes. people. And um, I'm sure it's true for you, Vanessa. I know it's true for many, many foreigners who visit Japan, live there, work there. It gets under your skin. And um, it's really difficult to explain mm. why. And uh, I mean, I've traveled all over the world and there is nowhere mm. like Japan. And it's when we try and communicate that to people who've not been there, mm-hmm. we end up showing pictures of Mount Fuji and cherry blossoms and talking about sushi and all the stereotypical things, which are absolutely a part of the picture of Japan, but they're all yeah. on the surface. And yes. it's so difficult to it's it's because of the depth of mm-hmm. the environment and the aesthetics and the the way people live that I think it feels completely different. And for me, mm. not um I want to say not unfamiliar. It's not when I first went there, it wasn't familiar at all. Everything was different, but I felt really comfortable there mm. in a way that it's like I'd lived there in a past life or something I don't know if you can um, appreciate that and Uh so for me writing Wabi Sabi was really my attempt to explain the Japan that I've come to know and love um, without going to all those kind of images and I knew that the the some there was something in my connection with the country and the people and the culture and the language which was to do with aesthetics and to do mm-hmm. with gentle living and a particular mm-hmm. way of walking through the world and I think that all all the 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 contrast that you see in Japan that everybody ends up writing about because they're so blatant the tradition and the modernity and the Yes. You know, the bright lights, but also the very um, kind of dulled and subtle colours that are mm-hmm. also everywhere. They both exist. They're both real. They're both part of um, what Japan is. Um, but for me, there was there was a kind of thread somewhere um, that meant that even in Tokyo, one of the busiest, most packed cities in the world where I lived for several years, it doesn't feel like any other metropolis that I've ever been to there is this kind of gentleness to it and there are pockets of calm and Mm. um yeah it's it's so interesting so so for me the book was my way of trying to communicate what is different and actually what it ended up being was this term which is as as a non-native Japanese um I I felt incredibly um at odds trying to like like yes it, it felt like a, a really big deal to take it on to start with and also mm-hmm. absolutely who am I to to mm-hmm. write this book but if you think of it from coming at it from the perspective of of what I as someone who's grown up in the west experience so I notice it because it's not what I know from home there's there is definitely an element of you have to not be Japanese in order to have these particular questions. And so yes. um, I, I spoke to so many people. I probably had more conversations about Wabi Sabi than, than most people. And it's a very difficult conversation to have because people, Japanese people don't talk about the term, even though they, they know it. And um, it led to some fascinating conversations. So what I hope the book does is to offer a... Um, the kind of results of my investigation um, without trying to be definitive. And, and I actually have a tendency to do that with my books. I take 
words like freedom and wabi sabi and even yeah. Christmas, a really big word, Christmas, that that mean different things to different people and cannot be a hundred percent defined. And yet that is what's fascinating to me because actually when you ask somebody, everybody has an opinion, even if they don't exactly know straight away. Um, so really what I came to discover from all of my um, research and conversations and ponderings um, over quite a long time um, is that Wabi Sabi is really um, an intuitive response. That's absolutely a response in your heart to the kind of beauty that reminds us of the true nature of things. And when I say true nature of things, I mean that everything is impermanent, imperfect and incomplete. Um, yes. and, and the appreciation of that is intrinsic to Wabi Sabi. And it also um, is very much connected um, to the gifts of simple, natural living. Um, mm-hmm. And the timing, you asked me about the timing um, with the pandemic, is mm. absolutely incredible because basically as human beings, we have this strange desire or compulsion to try and control everything we want to know what's happening next in the next minute in the next hour in the next year um we kind of want to be able to just know and Mm -hmm. of course we don't know um and one of the reasons we don't know is because everything is impermanent everything is transient everything is changing all the time (laughs) Um, and so we you know we build solid buildings and we try and create solid structures we write in diaries with pen so that, you know, and and we build societies. I never use pen no, no I never use pen never ever use pen but a lot of people use a sharpie you'd be surprised oh, I, I don't think they do anymore but pre-pandemic I think people used to use a sharpie sure um, and and even in our society we build we we build structures that feel solid Mm -hmm. but the pandemic showed us that everything is fragile and can crumble in a moment and that actually we need to build resilience to that and the best way to do that is to recognize that this is what it is this is how life is and it doesn't mean at all that you can't make plans I mean Mm -hmm. making plans is a joyful thing to do Mm -hmm. Um, but what it it reminds us is don't hold too tightly to those plans they probably aren't going to work out exactly as you imagine and I think actually it's really important to remember that what we tend to expect or imagine is based on what we already know and there are so many experiences we've not had yet that we won't even imagine you know um which before we started talking you were telling me about something quite extraordinary that just happened to you um Mm. and you you probably didn't expect that to happen when you got up that morning and went for a walk Um, and so if we fixate on what we know then we miss out on a lot of things so there are there are so many kind of life lessons I think um embedded in the ideas associated um with Wabi Sabi but perhaps one of yeah. the most powerful is is the idea of um transience and it, the reminder that um when things are hard you know very famous phrase this mm. too will pass mm. nothing lasts forever and also when things are you know going going really well or you're having a very precious experience treasure it because that will also not be there forever yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. be there and this is reminds me of your your new book the the way of the fearless writer you've got the be like water section Mm -hmm. and do you know my dad used to say to me go with the flow 
Mm. And he never understood. He felt like he was being carried by it in a a negative sense, unfortunately. Mm. And then I started to, you know, I thought about it a lot because it's one of the things that he used to quite often say. And he felt that he was being kind of buffeted off rocks and in that way, going with the flow rather than harnessing the energy of of the flow and and riding that you know where it needs to go and um letting it take you round uh, so yeah i i just wanted to to interject with that because i i love that section of the book and that fluidity um is is a big part like so <laughs> the way just, of the, yes, just there. I yes. mean, that is what what an amazing observation and how interesting that your dad told you something which has been incredibly important to you, even if that's that wasn't his particular mm. interpretation. I think it's really important to remember that words do that and mm-hmm. words mean different things to different people, and that's okay. Um yeah. the the idea of I mean, life unfolds in every moment and it is it it does feel t- to me like it it flows in a particular direction if you if you really tune in to the world y- you can feel like you are being moved towards mm. not necessarily towards something you know the the, the ocean moves mm. of course it is coming into the the shore but it's also leaving it's it's the movement that i think yes. is important and when we try and control everything it feels like we're going against the, the current you know yes. it, it, every when for me I the, one of the most important things I've learned in the last few years is when something especially in my business feels difficult it's probably not right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean hard, don't, there's no hard work there's hard work in terms of time and attention and doing things but yeah. if you you know you're like you're like trying to book a flight and the website keeps on crashing and then your credit card doesn't work and you, yeah. you're just like I'm just going to go make a cup of tea and mm. think about whether I really want to go on that particular day. You know, mm-hmm. there, I, it's we've become so detached from nature, and yet so much of the way life unfolds is a mirror of, yes. of nature for sure. So that's an amazing. I, I was listening to you talking about your dad on one of your earlier episodes um, and his experience of going to Japan, and and exactly what you just said, not being able to describe it, but what a wonderful mm. thing that he passed on to you he, I, I'm glad he pointed me in in the right direction unfortunately he wasn't able to kind of internalize what it really meant but he knew that it had moved him in in a certain way and he was a kind of a professional cynic so unfortunately it didn't it didn't get to the to the place it needed to reach but luckily it did for me <laughs> so I'd love to pick out a detail of the way of the fearless writer. Mm -hmm. And I haven't read many books about writing, actually, although I've been, you know, they've been on my on my list. And um, now I may not need to ever ever read another. (laughs) I love it. It's great. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad. Um, It's it's always a nerve wracking time because, of course, I've been carrying this book for um, I mean, you know, I've been carrying the book for a very long time. I've been writing mm. since I was tiny, but the actual book itself came together quite quickly in the in the last year. And so yeah. I've been living with it every single day. And it's obviously out on October the 6th. So you're one of only a few people who's actually read it already yes. that's not Yay. involved in the <laughs> creation of it. So thank you so much for, for sharing those words. And you'll know from the book that 
seeking external validation is not a healthy way to Mm, live as a writer mm -hmm. but having put so much effort into something it's wonderful to hear um from somebody who I wrote it for like exactly people like you um that it's hit home so that's great absolutely so shall we talk about the the um ideal the optimum state of writing and the uh, the other ways that you've decided uh, defined ways of writing such as the gaseous state liquid and solid states of writing could we talk around that a little please sure so i, I came to to see when i was thinking about my own writing process and thinking about how it feels really different on different days at different times and to birth a book you go from this vague I call it a blob a cloud Mm. of floating something um, (laughs) of an idea and somehow you kind of capture that and turn it into a physical book right this Mm. is literally just a, a thing in the air and I'm holding this book which has a um, it has this fixed form, but it didn't always have a fixed form. And the yeah. job of us as writers in, in the context of a book, there's obviously many other ways that you can write, but I think a book really shows you the, the cloud becomes the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different things that you have to do in terms of your relationship with words to take this vague thing and turn it into a book with a structure and carefully polished sentences and and all of yeah. these things and I've probably read nearly every writing book ever written <laughs> I like yeah. to do my research yeah. and there were so many so many books are about how to write better sentences and um you know there, there's quite a lot on it's it's difficult to deal with the doubt that comes with writing and, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things and and here's how you muscle through and there's a lot with kind of very powerful language in that like you just I don't know it's a battle and all that stuff mm. but for me writing is a very gentle process mm-hmm. um it's a it's a beautiful process I'm a writer because it's one of my favorite things to do and I've got a manuscript and you know four solid months in front of me what to work on it day day by day it's, I, I just pinch Amazing. myself and remind myself like this this right now here this is what you've been trying to build <laughs> um and and so I'm very grateful for it so so I spent a lot of time thinking about my process of writing and I didn't always write books I've written five in five years which is you know with two kids in a business that's quite fast so so something is working (laughs) Um, and it very much is connected to um this idea of water now in the book obviously I bring in um ideas from from the eastern world and I won't go to those in detail now because mm-hmm. I think they're complicated to explain and actually that's that's why a book they need to can read be the a book. really good thing yeah yes um, yes but one of the things I'm glad you picked this out because basically I see that there's three states of writing which behave like the three different states of water so what I call the gaseous state the liquid state and the solid state and the gaseous state is when the words behave like steam and they fly around all over the place basically in your head filling your head with stuff you know Mm. noise Mm. and that can be anything from things you're worried about to um anything stuff you've got to do 
just the stuff that goes on in your head. My, my, one of my good friends said to me, I said, how are you? And she said, I feel like I'm herding particles. And I thought, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when we, when we write in the gaseous state, mm. what we're doing is looking at what is going on in our heads, the work that the, the thoughts, literally looking at the thoughts and writing them down so that the page becomes the container for those thoughts. Because mm-hmm. I see it like a bottle, like the, all that noise is it's like a stopper. You have to release it. You have to mm-hmm. take it out so that the gold inside can come out. And if all you ever do is look at the noise in your head, you yeah. never get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. I think lots of people get caught up in that. So journal and essentially geisha state writing is, is what some people call journaling. And it's yeah. just getting all those thoughts onto the page. The problem, if you only ever do that, is that you can end up just ruminating and you never get anywhere interesting, to be honest, because mm-hmm. often the, the thoughts in our head aren't that interesting and certainly not for other people, mm-hmm. but they have they're they're very real and in terms of they're there and they get in the way of Mm -hmm. parts of the creative process and so paying attention to them and sometimes giving time to write those onto a page can be incredibly helpful and also Mm -hmm. very calming you know there's very there's really important um well-being benefits of journaling so you're getting Mm -hmm. all that out onto the page that's gaseous state writing liquid state writing yeah is what is my favorite although you're not allowed favorites we mustn't attach to anything um but it's 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 the the what is deep writing it's it's going into a place where you, you don't it's almost like you're being written so so you're the the vessel you're the person holding the pen and writing this stuff down but often you'll you'll be in that state for maybe a few minutes maybe much longer once you're used to it and then you'll look at the page and you're like, I didn't realize I knew that. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? I haven't thought about that thing in 15 years. And yet there it is on the page. Mm-hmm. And it's an impossible to describe, which is probably why I like it, because I like the things that we can't particularly describe. <laughs> and, but it is um, it is this, it feels like to me that this writing, it, the spirit of writing is like a a sentient being that we have to work with to write and in that state that state we're basically almost becoming one and we are just pouring words onto the page um that's liquid state wow. writing and yeah. that is that is where the gold is that is where often the writing is raw and wild and doesn't necessarily feel like us in terms of the us that we put out in the world every day in our roles as mother and all the you know wife or um friend or whatever work worker or whatever it is that we do um Mm. but actually the true version of ourselves is that and I went to um a live concert with Xavier Rudd this week and I absolutely love him and if you don't know him go and listen to his music I'm going to I saw that on your Instagram and I thought oh I must listen oh my god I literally have written my books the soundtrack of his voice because he's Australian and he plays Uh about 12 different instruments including the didgeridoo and guitars and drums and all this his voice is incredible his but his lyrics are they're just amazing they're all about freedom and nature and he, he's very has very strong connections to um 6000 year history of australia and how um we've lost touch with you know um many of traditions and things and so his lyrics are beautiful but there's something in all of it that um that i kind of feel in every cell in my body mm. and when i'm deep writing um 
it's like that's that's who I am and at this concert you know I just like felt so much younger and free and just dancing and crying and all this and I'm like this is this is who I am and so for me writing is very much um part part of it is getting to know our true our true self whatever Mm -hmm. it is you you see that to be um and that that is what comes out when we when we dive deep Mm -hmm. we hear our true voice and um we can scoop that up and put it onto the page um so that's liquid state writing and then solid state writing is where um the words are it's not that they behave so like ice so much as we shape them as if we were polishing ice and that is the editing process um and that is taking paying attention to sentences and paragraphs and structure and all of those things and if you think about it when we're the fears that come up with writing so many of them are connected to what happens when our words get out in the world it's not it's Mm -hmm. not really that much to do with us and a piece of paper Mm. Even when we look at a blank piece of paper and feel intimidated by it, it's because we're worried about what people are going to think before we've even put one word on the page. Nobody is going to believe me. It's hard work to get people to buy your books and read your words. There's so much (laughs) out in the world these days. This is why authors work really, really hard. Mm. And yet it's so interesting when we sit down to write and suddenly think that the whole world is going to read our words. They're not. And so when you think about writing in these three states, you can realize that gaseous state writing liquid state writing that is not intended for anybody else's eyes it's Mm -hmm. only when you are actively shaping your words with an intention to share them and and along that way you'll realize that not every not everything you write is intended for sharing anyway you know you worry about stuff but then you you don't have to share it it's up to you you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you can do to prepare yourself and prepare your words you know ask for feedback in certain ways which doesn't have you crying in a puddle on the floor you know (laughs) all those things and and so um I I find it really helps to think about those and there are different ways of entering each state and they're not stages so it's not that you journal and then you deep write and then you edit and then you give it to somebody for Mm -hmm. me the whole thing is fluid it's like as if in the day the temperature is changing and you've got fog and you've got rain and you've got it's not, hail comes and then the sun comes out like it's it's like that it's a dynamic process but if you can recognize um those pieces then i think you can completely skip a huge amount of the self doubt that comes i know certainly mm. i have i have zero self doubt when it comes to journaling or deep writing absolutely nothing I could do it for for hours and not think about anybody else all the problems come when I think about sharing it with the outside world and that's that's fine because there are ways that you can um deal with that but if you don't get to the gold and get the gold on the page you're not going to have anything good to share with the world so it's practice you know through ritual and dedication and practice and just showing up for your words you you get into the rhythm of being able to access these different states very quickly, mm-hmm. anytime, anywhere. And suddenly you realise you have a lot of amazing things to say and it, you can spill beauty and insight onto the page by lighting candle, taking a breath and writing, you know. Oh, I love that. I I really, really enjoyed this because I think, I love the way you pronounce it, gaseous. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm, that's where my Canadian's coming out I'm like gaseous um, Well I had exactly the same question when I did the audio book And I was like 
how do you say this word? It's not a word I've actually said out loud I've never in my said whole it out life before. I'm not sure I actually like it that much. I much yes. prefer liquid. Gaseous That's a gorgeous word. It, yeah, yeah, makes it sound so much more elegant. I it's it's the artist's way, isn't it? You know, the the I've always struggled with um that kind of you know the morning pages or that gaseous state because I just think oh well this is a load of rubbish and I'm just wasting my time and and so to view it as um intrinsic to the whole process is is really freeing um instead of trying to get to the the gold immediately I mean yes. that's just not realistic is it like yeah it's it's interest is absolutely vital I think the thing to remind yourself is to not stay on morning pages always they're amazing they've changed a lot of people's lives and helped mm-hmm. a lot of people but that is Gaseous state writing and actually yes. when you uh, anything if I think about anything that's ended up in one of my books almost all of it has come from liquid state liquid, liquid state, state writing you know mm. going deeper and, and mm. finding out what I really want to say so if you yeah if you can tell yourself that this practice of doing morning pages or whatever you want to call it journaling mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really important because it gets all this stuff out the page so that everything else can spill out yeah you know. it kind of clears the way yeah Just taking a quick break to let you know about JapaneseLondon.com's brilliant one-to-one Japanese lessons. If you find that group lessons just don't work for you anymore, why not consider a private Japanese tutor? Lessons are online or in person for learners in London, and we have friendly tutors who are experienced with children, teens and adults. If that sounds like something you are interested in, please go to japaneselondon.com slash contact to arrange your 20-minute consultation with me, Vanessa. I'm looking forward to speaking with you soon. Now, let's get back to our show. What about for people who might be listening and thinking, Oh well, it's okay for Beth to explore writing in this in this way as a sacred pursuit because she's so lucky and successful. She's written these amazing books and has this wonderful family. And but I have bills to pay, and I I don't I can't afford the luxury of writing in this way. What what would you say to people thinking that way? I would say, oh, I get it. <laughs> I understand, <laughs> and I used to think that about other people as well. How on earth do people find the time to write books? Mm. I um, my first book, um, I got the book deal for it when I was pregnant with my second child. So I've never known no writing no books pressure without children. <laughs> no. um, and I've, you oh know, I've had goodness. a business that whole time. Um, and that, this is not me saying I'm amazing at time management or anything like that. It is literally down to choices. And you can spend 10 minutes a day. Think of what, what do you, the, there are many things that you do for 10 minutes a day. I'm sure mm-hmm. scrolling mm-hmm. Instagram is one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going around picking up stuff off the floor in your house. My house is quite messy quite a lot of the time. Yes. There, we can all find 10 minutes, you know, even if we're caring for sick parents and we have to go and sit by their bed. Well, there's some quiet time. You can find 10 minutes when yes. children are, you know, you're, you're waiting, going on the school run, go 10 minutes earlier park outside school I'm on the school run I'm doing my there's there's nothing to feel you know there's nothing to feel guilty about full Mm -hmm. stop but that Mm -hmm. is our natural tendency so build it into the schedule that you already have and instead of 
you know, once a week or whatever, instead of getting out and chatting to everyone at the school gate about not very much, sit in your car for 10 minutes with your notebook and write something. And yeah, I mean, in terms of inspiration, there, there is just an endless supply of inspiration in the world. And I hope that the way of the fearless writer really shows that to people Mm -hmm. so that they can, apart from the 50 exercises in it, that they can look around and find things to write about all the time, not just from what's outside them, but also from what's inside but I think yeah finding the time is really really important but it Mm. literally comes down to choice what what are you prioritizing instead and actually to physically make a list what are all the things I'm choosing to do instead of writing like look at today you know Mm -hmm. and and actually what if I batch cooked dinner Mm -hmm. so the next three days the half an hour I would have spent cooking I'm just going to go and do my writing instead and so you I mean to be honest if you want to write books for a living there are sacrifices you have to make for sure because you need big chunks of time but just to Mm -hmm. develop the practice of writing Mm -hmm. you you don't really need to sacrifice anything you just need to make different choices and then as soon as you get into it you realize it's joyful and so good for you and something that you want to do more of um, and then you'll find more and more time and space I, yeah. I think writing can feel luxurious but it's absolutely doesn't have to be a luxury it is for everybody regardless of of circumstances for, for yes. sure yes just it, it's it. it's being creative it's the, the output instead of the constant input that we're getting and like creating those pockets of, of spaciousness isn't it to let the you know like it's so nice to listen to the radio or listen to a podcast, but, mm-hmm. you know, turning that off and just letting the, you know, the neural connections do their thing instead of filling your brain with um, with information all the time. Absolutely. And that's a really good place to start with that list. We're saying what you choose to mm-hmm. do instead. Mm-hmm. At what points in the day today did I open my brain for somebody else to put something in it so yeah when I woke up and checked my email when I turned on the news when I had the radio on in the car you know mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're doing those are all opportunities that you've shut the door to your own um expression Thoughts, because yeah. there's stuff yeah. coming towards you it can't go mm-hmm. both ways so that's a that's a brilliant way to to approach it and and I think uh, yeah. in terms of the, me like people they're looking at me Instead of looking at me and saying, well, it's all right for her, look at me and say, if she can do it, I can do it. Because mm-hmm. I promise you, I've been as busy as you are. And I just yeah. cut out all the stuff that didn't really matter to me. And it's only a tiny bit each day. And then I'm like, five years later, here we are, five books written. And I don't oh. say that for like, oh, look at me, I've written five books. It has been an incredible experience for me as a human being to write five yes. books. Yes. just, you know. Your intentionality, I mean, that's that's what your kind of approach is in all, all things. Um, I love reading Calm Christmas at this time of year and um, just building layers and layers of intentionality and about things which seem too small to even worry about they make up your life like that is your life mate you know it's kind of um so I love the the small details which I'd like to just ask you about now so you were um talking about uh your morning routine to settling down to writing and I think people would be as interested as me in hearing a little bit about the minutia of your everyday life for example you're having a cup of tea what kind of cup of tea does does Beth Kempton tend to have 
So I'm not the only nosy one then. Yeah. Oh, I just love a good recommendation, don't you? Oh, it's so good. Because <laughs> then it's like permission to go and buy it, try it out, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, oh, so my Bill morning. Beans. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, in the morning, first thing, um, I don't drink caffeine after about two o'clock in the afternoon, but Mm -hmm. in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, it's Twining's English breakfast for me Mm -hmm. with milk, Mm -hmm. sugar. um, Milk and no sugar. Milk and no sugar. So stir Uh the tea bag quite like I used to make it in a pot and I now make it in a mug because the pot stews and goes to you know, English tea, like other teas I have in a pot, but um, I make it in a mug that I love. Um, I have a few different mugs that I love, so I don't have to search around looking for the the mug because that's a a distraction, but lots of mugs that I like. Um, (laughs) And then I put the boiling water on the tea bag and squeeze the tea bag quite a lot. So the tea's quite dark, but then I put loads of milk in. Mm -hmm. So so the final colour is, some people say, more milk than tea. Mm-hmm. But actually, there's quite a lot of tea in it. It's um, well caffeinated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, as a British person, it's very important to explain how I make my tea. Um, no sugar. Um, and um, do you have you have you have that with toast often? I, I right? have it with toast. Uh, usually fifty fifty. Uh-huh. King's meal. Right. Half whole meal, half white, because that's the only bread that my children will eat. So yes, I just have that. Love that too. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather have sourdough, but there we are. Um, one slice of that with um, a little bit of scraping of margarine and some marmite. Sorry, so it's not essential to eat marmite to be a writer. Don't worry. Okay, okay that's good because I, I don't like marmite. <laughs> no. But so I, just, it's just simple. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think that. It's one of those things. It's got the umami, doesn't it, Marmite? I think that's a very good thing to to get into your system. I, I mean, I might try it again. Yes. My dad was a devoted Marmite eater as well, with um dripping because he was from Yorkshire. Marmite and dripping <laughs> and dripping on on bread. Yeah. Oh, together. Yeah, like the the drippings from the you know the roast. Yeah. Mm. I've never heard of that, but it makes so much sense because Marmite's yeah. made from beef, right? Wow, that's amazing. And the great thing about having one slice of toast for breakfast at five o'clock in the morning is you can have second breakfast when your family wakes up. Oh, <laughs> it's only nice. really small, right? So it's yes, just, just a bit um, of fuel. And, yeah. and you light a candle as well, don't you? And um, Very oh, often. Yeah. that's. Do you have a specific type of candle that you like? I do have a few. Um, none of them are affiliates. I don't get paid for any of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make that clear these days. Yeah, sure. Um, I love um, the ones from, I don't actually know how you pronounce it, but St. Eval in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a gorgeous one called Winter Time. Well, they did last year. Um, I don't know if they'll change their range this year. Um, but when I was, um, every time I come to work on something to do with Christmas, like I'm working mm-hmm. on podcasts or how am I going to share it this year? I like those candles because they're just so gorgeously Christmassy. Um, I love airy candles. They're soy candles. And I love, I just recently discovered Bath House, mm-hmm. um, which I think is in the Lake District. I'm not sure. Um, so they're all really nice. I do like a scented candle when it's a totally natural um, scent. I think it's yeah. amazing to um, engage with a scent when you're writing yes. as well. It can change yes. things quite a lot. That's just lovely themed candles. I mean, you know, why not treat yourself? Treat. Yeah. I love that. And and how about um, your notebook? You mentioned a Japanese thing that you couldn't live without is stationery. And what what type of stationery mm-hmm. do you like? I like mm. many things. I just I just did a photo shoot this week, and I was like, we've got to take pictures of all my different notebooks because they're you know great mm. to share and. They're, and 
people taking the photos were just looking at me like, oh my God, how many notes? <laughs> um, so I, I love and I do, for me, it's really important that the cover is aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing is the paper mm-hmm. and how the ink flows on the paper. So I love MD paper, um, which is the Japanese stationery brand. They make gorgeous, um, very, very plain covered stitched together notebooks and they do plain and dotted and square um they do actually do diaries as well like free Mm. no no day diaries Mm -hmm. um but for my diary I tend to use a hobonichi hobonichi okay hobonichi but these are getting very expensive I've held off buying one this year because obviously now Japan's opening I should be able to get next year's one in Japan Um, but they're they're, they're brilliant because they have this like diary bit at the front and then at the back they have a daily bit where you can write what actually happens so it's kind of a combination they're just really smart the paper is so Mm -hmm. thin um but it doesn't um the ink doesn't go through and it's really smooth and it works well with pencil yes we're talking about because you've got to write your pencil (laughs) write with the pencil in your diary um i do also like the jibun techo which is another kind of um i think it's like the big rival to Mm -hmm. um it's a bit more um it feels a bit more masculine in the design Mm -hmm. to me um but it's it's really um cute um how to describe it there's there's like it has a life Mm -hmm. book where you can make notes about every year in your life and list all birthdays and all those things that you keep from year to Mm. year and then it has the diary bit which you um obviously write in during the year and then it also has something that says idea is the name on it and it's like to capture your ideas and it all fits together um in a little package that's great in terms of notebooks i I love um lecture 1917 um notebooks i think it's um maybe German this is one I've got the mm. moment so they have like um bullets I'm just showing Vanessa here you can't <laughs> see this um like with uh bullet journals they have um page numbers and then you can easily find your right. notes which is really helpful so you don't feel like you have to put now I'm working on this I have to go back and write at that point in my note but you can just keep writing your notebook yes. as whatever uh-huh. comes up but then if you put a contents at the yeah. front when you come back which you mm-hmm. will when you're trying to write a book or whatever, piece together ideas you've had along yeah. the way, it's really easy to find them. So like that. And I love Katie Lehman notebooks as well, because they lay mm-hmm. flat. They're really nice. She's an independent um designer here in, in the oh, UK. Oh wow. This uh, is a there's pens? a lot of Christmas present ideas here. <laughs> Do you oh, want yeah. pens? Pen list? Yeah. Um love a uniball I UB157. Mm-hmm. Um you can buy them in in bulk they're not very expensive but they're brilliant and they do last quite a long time um pilot v ball 07 Mm -hmm. and then recently discovered that pentel hybrid gel grips if you want a bit of color um or the other ones do have color to be honest but i always write yes yes i I, i've got my um what are these called pilot the u grip and it does the you know you shake the lead down it's the japanese one i've had this for a long time and every time somebody goes to japan i say will you get me one of those And that they've got the really comfortable it's got the comfortable grip and yeah just um a nice dark yeah. lead and then I use um Muji notebooks because I realized that um having very fancy notebooks was stressing me out because I felt like what I yeah. had to put in had to be fabulous immediately and so I thought okay if yeah. I've got just a plain notebook then anything can go in there and it's mm. fully recyclable and um just makes me 
I mean, you know, it'll, it can go in the recycling after I die, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you must never think like that. <laughs> Do you know Are what you? I mean? Like, it's okay. just I don't want to yeah. feel so attached to the Completely. to the the actual physical object. So it kind of eliminates that. Yeah. So I was thrilled to realise I could um, choose those. <laughs> Yes, I, we actually was in Paper Chase recently and they brought out a new line um, of notebooks with something called stone paper mm-hmm. and it feels incredible. Mm. But one of their sales points was that it's biodegradable. I was like, I do oh. not want my notebooks to biodegrade, not in my lifetime. Anyway, <laughs> I need to go back to them like later on. That's fine. You can just get that like, one for the shopping list. Fine, but... yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just to feel it. You just sit there and just feel your <laughs> notebook. That's fine. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. I've had an absolutely fantastic time talking to you. And um, I'm sure that the listeners will want to know even more about your work. So where can they find you? So I am on Instagram quite a lot. Um, I'm at Beth Kempton mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, my websites are bethkempton.com and do what you love for life.com. And the second one is where you find all my writing courses and all those kinds of things. Um, The book that we've been talking about, the latest one is The Way of the Fearless Writer, Ancient Eastern Wisdom for a Flourishing Writing Life. And you should be able to find that anywhere you get your books. I am confident Um, that will be everywhere. (laughs) So yeah. And I'd love to, if you, if you do get it and do any of the exercise from it, I'd love for you to share them mm. with me. Um, I, you know, you can tag me on Instagram and I'd love to see uh, what comes out. And I think just to remember that writing is, is accessible to everybody and you never need to worry about things like spelling and grammar. Mm-hmm. If you get to the point that you need to worry, then there are professional people who can help you with that. Yeah. The most important thing is about accessing what is within and releasing that onto the page and then later you can make decisions about whether you share that with people who you share it with what you want it to be for excellent just to enjoy the joy yes yes well I I think you've definitely inspired well without a doubt thousands and thousands of people to enjoy that so that must just be an incredible feeling (laughs) well what what I mean what a an honor really honor is the wrong word like what how amazing mm. that we get to do what we love and that that has a benefit for other people. And I think all kinds of creativity are like that. When someone, you know, is an artist and they make a beautiful painting that moves somebody, um, it's this ever-evolving process. We let something out into the world and it takes on a life of its own in the life of somebody mm. else, which mm. is just it's here. It's what we're here to do, isn't it? Yeah. Completely. Completely. Thank you so much for all the inspiration and the uh, notebook tips. Beth it's been wonderful thank you (laughs) what a joy to chat with you thank you Vanessa before you go if the way to Japan mission resonates with you do head over to thewaytojapan.com slash newsletter to subscribe you'll then be notified of the latest podcast episodes and blogs as well as receiving my encouraging edit of juicy Japan inspired recommendations Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please, could you do me a massive favor and tell one friend who might love it all about it? We all know that word of mouth is the best way to discover something new. Ja, kori kara yoroshiku onegaishimasu.